Amanda and Melissa. Thank you for your company, your hilarity, your constant affection, and your patience. If you don't buy what's in this book from this pen, it is worthless. No one on this earth means more to me than the two of you. No one on earth inspires me like you do. You are walking, talking manifestations of God's unfathomable grace to me. I love being your mother. Curtis, my son-in-law and pastor, thank you for always praying for me and encouraging me and for continually being interested in what I'm working on. You are unspeakably dear to me. Jackson and Annabeth, you delight me to no end and keep me forward-thinking in every artery of ministry entrusted to me. I cannot wait to see what Jesus will do with the two of you. I would not trade grandchildren with anybody on the planet. You have me. GP, Susan, KMAC, Kimberly, Jen, Nancy, Sherry, Johnny, Evangeline, Diane, and Mary, my co-laborers at Living Proof Ministries, and dearest fellow sojourners, your hard work, your continual labors of love, your prayers, your encouragements, and your exhortations have enabled 20 years of books to be written that truly might never have otherwise landed on the page. Travis, Angela, Christine, and Priscilla, you cheer me on tirelessly. You widen my world. You enlarge my heart. You make me laugh. You call me to believe. You stir me up. You make me brave. Jesus, you light the stars, hang the moon, and set the sun ablaze. Your relentless love saved my life, saved my family, and saved my sanity. Any shred of dignity I possess is a testament to your mercy. Be the driving desire of my life. Keep me. Chapter 1. A Vision Begging for an Adverb I boarded a plane in Seattle under a spectacular cloudless sky to head back to my home on the outskirts of Houston. Mount Rainier was in a gratifyingly arrogant mood that day, wearing a heavy cloak of late winter snow against a background of shocking blue. I had a bulkhead seat on the flight, meaning that I'd have to put my carry-on in the overhead compartment rather than having it handy under a seat in front of me. To occupy my time until I could get out of my seat and grab my laptop, I reached into my bag and pulled out a book my good friend Travis had passed on to me at our conference. The second chapter of the book pitched out a set of simple questions, common ones really, that hit me with curious force like I'd never grappled with them before. I had. Most of us have. But for me, it had been a good long time. People with a feverish student mentality tend to see everything through the lens of a classroom. I read a book and the author turns into a teacher and every question sends me back to a desk at Northbrook High, feeling a ridiculous obligation to answer. Trying to assemble my truest response to those two basic questions quaked my heart wide open somehow and compelled me to these pages. Nothing helps me hash things out like a blank Word document with a blinking cursor. That night, just a few days ago as I write this, I tossed and turned, oscillating between sentences of a book I was already jotting in my head and a jillion sane reasons to put the whole idea to bed. There's no time for this, I kept telling myself. I had the next day off and spent it laughing, musing, and eating with my two adult daughters by a crackling fire on my back porch in the woods. No one can get my mind off work like they can. Their company is a Sabbath to me. Their lively conversation, pure inspiration. We three can work through subjects at warp speed and adapt to each one with a brand new mood. The harder the season we're going through, the funnier we tend to get to each other. It's not that we like to be miserable. 
It's that we share a deep abiding commitment to milking the absurdity out of every holy cow of a calamity that treats itself to the grass in our pastures. We cry hard. We laugh hard. So when my girls are with me, I'm with them. That evening, I shoved aside the surging in my soul and gave full sway to my world's favorite company. But as their cars backed out of the driveway, that compelling pulled right back up, parked itself in my chest and revved cantankerously. So today I write. Maybe I'll talk myself out of this by tomorrow, but today I write. Maybe this is a fitting time to say that as much as anyone you will ever meet, I believe that God can use a book to mark a life. It doesn't even have to be a great book. It can just be well-timed. He could cause a set of pages to hit a pair of hands with the kind of timing that sparks a decision that marks a destiny. Something within those pages becomes a catalyst.